Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) You can just always lie about that. You can be like, God, so many people have been asking us. That's true. Yeah. That's kind of like the, oh, everyone's been asking me on Instagram when no one asked. Exactly. You know, I actually watched a YouTube video earlier of a guy who was like, I'm getting a lot of questions on social about this. And I'm like, how many though? Yeah. Like how many is it? Because I say that and it's like three. But yeah. it feels like a lot when it's more it than does. one. It does. You're yeah. like, wow. All right. We're just getting right into it. These are 10 thought provoking questions because this uh, and the next couple episodes, we're just calling fun in the summer. Fun in the summer. Fun in the summer. It's summertime here for us as we're recording this episode. For those of you who are in a different hemisphere, it might be winter time. So we want you fun to- Fun in the winter. Enjoy that as well. Uh, But we just thought we're going to take it down a notch a little bit from business content. Maybe we'll come back around, but you're feeling a little squirrely. I have a big dentist appointment. Maybe we'll come back around. Like, yeah, it's a business podcast. No, I meant meant in June. I meant in June we might come back around. Oh, I see. But for the time being. I was like, uh, yeah, I hope we'll come back around. Fun in the summer. Yeah, we're trying to keep it light. As you guys know, if you've been listening the past couple episodes, I am not feeling that great. That's okay. We're going to, it's. It's all going to be okay. Yeah. But we're keeping it light, less mental reserves, and more just personality stuff. And hopefully you'll get to know us a little bit better. And not just know us. We want you to take these 10 questions and maybe answer them with a friend or your spouse yep. or a family member or whatever. This would be really fun to listen to on a road trip. Oh, yeah. Because then you have so much stuff if to talk about. If we're getting back into that. And if not, then do it while you're cooking or while you're on the treadmill or while you're gardening or whatever it is you night. do when you podcast. What do we talk about? We've been together 11 years. My God. I know. We All still right. keep talking. I want to just jump right in. I'm okay, excited to be like preamble because this, this whole is all thing preamble. is preamble basically. This is basically, yeah. yeah. And well, we've got some movies to get to at the end. Okay, great. 10 thought-provoking questions. That we just picked from random articles on the internet. Thank you, listicles on the internet. There we go. First question. How old would you be if you didn't know how old you are? Uh, we talk about this all the time. Yeah, I think this is a weird way of phrasing how old do you feel. How old do you feel? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to go first? Let's answer at the same time on three. Okay. Okay, let me pick my age, my number. Okay. Okay, on three. Are you ready? Yeah. One, two, three, 27. Oh, <laughs> cougar. <laughs> Wait, I'm the cougar or you're the no, cougar? No, I'm the cougar. Because you're older. That's what cougar is. Right. I just thought I was the cougar because I'm spry and I'm younger, you know? <laughs> Uh, do you want to go first while you feel no, you 27? Go first, okay. You little youngin. I would actually say younger, but because my body, like, because I've had right. two knee surgeries. You can't forget that your body does exactly. feel. Yeah. And, and like, I, I did not play a sport as long as professional athletes played a sport, but I played for enough years. Like, I've got wear and tear. Like, it's hard for me to get up sometimes and whatever. Right. Like, you hear everything cracks. So, like, I so can't. Snap, legally, pops. our lawyer legally, says I'm not allowed to say. cannot go lower than 26. Lower than 26. Sure, sure, sure. I would say mentally, I probably feel like 22. Yeah. That's, yeah. And no, you're more evolved. A 22-year-old, come on. All they think about is, like, you know, sex and drugs <laughs> and rock and roll. Well, yeah, and I never thought about <laughs> rock and roll. Maybe a little bit of yacht rock, as we talked about last episode. Sex, drugs, and yacht, yacht rock. rock. <laughs> now that I know what that is. Uh, but yeah, I would say 26 because I'm always joking. I'm jovial. I, I do feel like I have like a good amount of energy all you the time. You have a lot of stamina. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just meant like to do sex, drugs, <laughs> and stamina. For I sex mainly meant that for chores. You have chore stamina. <laughs> uh, what about like, you know, the bedroom it stamina? It doesn't matter. I'd rather you have chore stamina. <laughs> if I had to choose, Lady, ladies, am I right? <laughs> Men, am I right? <laughs> this is a this is eleven year relationship yeah. uh, right here, which is like, yeah, I don't need you to Listen, to like be able to go for hours. I, you know? Yeah, I want you to go for hours into the kitchen and do the dishes. <laughs> I want you to go for hours outside and clean the pool. Uh, the tiny <laughs> I want you to pool. Go for hours and trim uh, the azaleas. <laughs> I don't have to go for hours because our pool is so small. It's it is true. tiny. Uh, oh, that was fantastic, yeah. by the way. That's what you're gonna get through this yeah. entire episode. So just if you're bought in, then you're bought in. <laughs> I choose 27 because it's funny. Whenever I was younger, people always said that I acted older. Like, I always felt, you know, I got called, like, an old soul from a very young age. Right. By the way, I just think that is code for children who had undue responsibilities at too young of an age. Yes, yes. But I always felt older. And then when I hit, like, 27, 
it now it feels like I'm frozen. Like yeah. I don't feel 32. 32 feels like to me like you should like you know be doing full time adult stuff. Full time adult yeah. stuff. Kids running around like going to soccer practice, whatever. Like that was my idea of what a 32 year old did when yeah. I was younger. And now I'm just like I mean I feel still just love love bin- binging Netflix and yeah. like go- traveling and doing yeah. whatever. I also, oh, think the, I also right. think the 30s have changed with our generation. Oh, yeah. 30s was the new late 20s. Yeah, because I think with our parents' generation, it was like you had a career, you had your children, you, like that was it. Like right. that's what you were doing. And now it's like, yeah, we have careers, but they're not like go to a job for, for a lot of people. They're not go to a job and sit there and like that's like all you do. Yeah. Like your life has a lot more things thrown about it. So And for as much as, you know, we do like to like go to bed early and we're yeah. not super partiers or whatever, but we still love like a friend hangout yeah. and like a late dinner but just one group of friends sure, sure, sure. we don't have the stamina for multiple <laughs> friends uh i would be interested to hear if you guys plan on just writing in your your thoughts answers? And, and ideas <gasps> write us your answers what what do you think on the age thing do you think we nailed it do you feel like i'm like a 12 year old like that's how you <laughs> see me uh do you think i feel older like you know it's interesting i am actually 39 i just turned 39 the, the fact that you're yeah. almost 40 yeah. is not does not compute it in my brain compute. it doesn't compute for my brain either yeah yeah i don't it, it doesn't just read. doesn't feel that way at all which I think is good. Like it's I, fine. To me, I feel like that's like you're living your best life, but you're also living like your youngest best it life. It is very arbitrary when you think about it. Like we all Age? have these. Yeah. We oh, all have very. These, not only do we all have these ideas about physically what it means to be a certain age yeah. when we're all on different clocks. If you've seen Pharrell Williams, you know that we do not age. No, none no of us one, age the, the same way. No one can age Because like my goodness. It goes back to, I forget what a, a podcast that was we listened to where they talked about Prince and they talked about how he didn't believe in birthdays and didn't want to know his age he got to like a certain point right. where he was and like don't through, tell me how old and you I went am. through a phase where you're like i think he's on to something yeah. like not celebrating birthdays so that you don't feel older but then he died early right and young but he did a lot of drugs so like i don't do a lot of drugs Whoa. do what? you know that i'm fairly certain you, you better be careful about what type of <laughs> blasphemy you put on prince's name i could look it up don't take that as gospel then take it as gossip Take it as gossip. Thank you. Why is that not a phrase? Gossip, don't take it as gospel. Not gospel. Take it as gossip. Okay, uh, you if that's first. not true, I don't feel like looking it up right now. So just uh, rewind that back and take that out of your mind as a person listening to this. And then we need to really think about like you know the tabloid complex and like what what seed planted that in your mind. Wow, that's true because I do read a lot of tabloids. Anyway, question number two. Let's move on. Okay, moving on. What do you wish you'd spent more time doing five years ago? Ooh, I liked this one when you read this one and we found it. So five years ago for us would so have been... So I know immediately my answer. 2016. Yeah. My answer is exercising. Ooh. Like, I'm just now coming to the... Pl- You're just now understanding exercise exists. <laughs> yeah. I'm just now coming to the place in my life where I do not dread exercise. And it's not, it's not to change my body. It's not to, like, fit into any sort of patriarchal idea of what my body should look like. Although I'm, I can't ever totally remove that from my brain yeah but it feels so good to feel good and it feels so good to feel like i'm doing something beneficial for my health and my longevity and we've talked about this before like as our parents get older and we see what the impact of you know either taking care of your body or not taking care of your body has on your quality of life down the road and i'm like gosh there's never like the older you get the harder it gets of course so i wish that i would have just done this five years ago because then I would have had five years to like just really implant that habit into my brain yeah um but the great news is it's you're it's never too late to to do that it just gets a little bit harder it gets harder it It for sure gets harder and I'm like gosh I I miss like five years ago my body would have been five years younger I would have more stamina (laughs) (laughs) Uh, shout out to those walking workouts that you do that'd be a great place for someone to start if they were like oh I'm going to start now lately I've been obsessed because you guys know with the dizziness and everything I can't do what I used to be able to do like lifting weights really heavy and stuff because I just feel like I'm going to pass out Um, so I have been trying to do extremely low impact stuff and I found this great YouTube channel her name is her channel name is grow with joe g-r-o yeah, G-R-O with it. Joe, yeah. J-O. And she does these walking workouts. And literally all it is is, you know, they're anywhere from like 15 minutes to 45 minutes. And it's good music. And you just basically march in place yeah. with different Moves punches and, and, and yeah. hand movements. And you guys, I've burned like 250 calories in one workout just by 
walking. Again, not not walking always about calories, but yeah. I'm just saying like it gives you a good metric for like how hard did I work out? Exactly. Yeah. And I really like that. So how what is the question again? <laughs> what do you wish you'd spent more time doing five years ago? Spent more time doing. Yeah, because that was uh, my immediate thought was buy uh, Bitcoin, but that's not the question. <laughs> it's not. Spent more time doing five years ago. Huh. 2000, what do we say? 2016. 2016. I feel like this is a really tough one for me and I don't, I'm not going to cop out of many of these, but like, I feel like 2016 was the year when we actually like figured some stuff out because that had come off the heels of buy my future. So we sure. had money, we'd paid off debt. Say, I, when I say we had money, we had savings. Um, we were living in a great place. Like we, you know, had just moved to Oceanside. Right. And so we had this like really nice. So I don't know that I would change anything. I know it's like a cop out answer, but it I is. just gotta I'm not, be honest. I'm, judges are not going to allow it. I'm really sorry. <sighs> I mean, is there a particular skill? No, or... I, I think if I, I think if I had to pick something, I would say spend more quality time with Plex Aww. because we lost our little buddy yeah. a year ago and he, you know, he was yeah. not in his prime five years ago, but he was definitely, we lived in a three-story place he and could he run was upstairs. zooming up and down the stairs like crazy. Yeah. I wish we would have taken him to more, it was really hard because he's, he couldn't be around other dogs, but I wish we had like sought out more enclosed spaces. Like remember when we used to take him in Florida to that uh, baseball field or whatever yeah, that had like a fence and just let him do zoomies? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish we would have done that a couple more times. All right. That's all I'll go with. That's okay, less great. of a cop out. That is less of a cop out. I did it. Yeah. Number three. Who do you sometimes compare yourself to? Do you want me to go while you think? Sure. I don't do it often. And of course, like, I, you know, there are people, especially like that I follow online and stuff that I keep tabs on kind of what they're doing. And there's always a little bit of, oh, you know, they're doing that or what am I doing? Whatever. But I try not to compare myself. However, if there's one person, I think it's because their art style is so similar to what mine used to be which would be Morgan Harper Nichols. Yeah. And and I mean, her stuff is amazing. And yeah. she's like clearly, you know, but I think because our sense She's clearly what? You stopped that sentence. Oh, she's just clearly meant to be doing what she's doing. There we go. Thank you. The, but the combination of like her poetry plus her art plus her um, just like view of the world. Plus you told me she can sing and then I listened to Oh my gosh. Amazing. She's yeah. and her, yeah, she's like a quintuple thread or whatever. But I will say that, you know, about the time that I was stopping doing my art is when I discovered her art. This was like 2016, 2017. And there was like a little part of me that was like, you see this person who's doing something that's very much in the same vein as you. Yeah. And they're, and you're like, they have a million followers, yeah. you know? And so there's this little part of you that's like, A, am I even, am I even not original? Because, you know, they're already doing it so well. So like, why even do what I do kind of thing? Um... But also, yeah, so there's always, like, a little part of me that's, like, oh, should should I have, like, maybe gone harder on the art or gone that route or whatever? Because, and then it also, I have this complex about, like, are people going to find my page and think that I copy her right. stuff? Because some of our stuff does yeah. kind of overlap and look similar. Especially, I, she, there was, like, a phase where she did a lot more colorful stuff. There was, like, her stuff is very more muted. And then she went through this phase where she did, like, really colorful stuff. And I was, like, oh, my God, it's, like, so much like my stuff, you know? Yeah. Um. And so, you know, you just have that thing where you're like, okay, my stuff's not even original. And, like, you see someone who's basically doing a similar version of what you do, but, like, to an audience that's a million times bigger and ten times better. You know, like, she's just living in her zone of genius. But then I always go, gosh, how cool is it to have somebody out there who clearly, you know, sees the world in a very similar way and has these gifts. And I don't want an audience of a million people. Like, how much pressure that must be. To, to try to serve all those people. And I know what my DMs are like of people, you know, asking... Thoughtful responses and questions. Responses and questions and asking about life and all these things. I can't imagine what her DMs yeah. are like. But that's just the honest truth of... Yeah. And sometimes I have to mute her on Instagram, on my Instagram feed, because of those feelings. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm in a place where I'm trying to take a step back and I'm starting to feel guilty about not putting out more art, I just have to mute it because then every time I see her post, it's a reminder of right. what I'm not doing. Right. And I would like to believe that my brain could be okay with that. But if it's not okay with that, I think it's perfectly fine to mute people for a season. Yeah. 
So that's my honest opinion. Yeah, I think, I, I think I've uh, removed myself so much from following anybody that does like reasonably like what I do. Sure. Like, especially because I'm not on Twitter at all. So like that would have been a perfect place where I would have definitely compared myself. Mm-hmm. But I've been away from that for now almost a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But I can say the one that came to mind immediately when you said this question, and I don't necessarily do it anymore because it doesn't really matter, but it was Casey Neistat when he first started mm-hmm. daily vlogging. Because when he first started was basically like, I had been done for a couple of years and, and I just saw like the explosion of his success and right. just was like, but I did this a couple of years ago. Right. But then you realize like, I don't have the filmmaking chops. Right. I don't have the, like his it factor that Which he has. Which then makes it sting a little bit more. Cause totally. you're like, you see this person yeah. like succeeding and basically it's the same thing I was just saying, like yeah. succeeding in a medium that you were totally. doing. He lives in New York and there's like a much more interesting life that happens in New York than we lived in Florida. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. We wear a lavalier microphone. We don't just like throw our... So are you going to be able to do a handheld? Yeah. In fact, I would never have knocked it out because I would have, be, would have been holding Interesting. it. Guys, we're thinking about changing mics up again just because I'm constantly testing things to find the best thing. Anyway, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I remember watching like him doing like the mailbag episodes mm-hmm. and I was like, I was doing this on Ustream yeah. years ago. Right. And, and I think that there was just always a little part of me that wished... And this is just your ego, right? I wished that my videos would have gotten as popular. But then I look back at them and I'm like, yeah, but I wasn't, I didn't understand what vlogging was. Yeah. And no one was doing that It was back too then. early. Well, I mean, if some people could argue that he really like kind of defined that oh, genre. Oh, totally. I, I really think he did. Like, yeah. I think I, Justine, a little bit did that. But she also did the same thing I did, where like you worked with brands and, and you, you did like more like. reviews and yeah, products. Yeah, like that it type more, of thing. It wasn't like just here's my life and it's inherently interesting. So for anybody listening who actually doesn't know your previous history, give just like the two sentence I version mean, of what you did before. We have nine listeners. All nine of them know. They know. Uh, but yeah, just very quickly, I started a company called I Wear Your Shirt in 2008. Uh, started wearing a t-shirt every day for a different company, promoting them on social media in 2009. So every single day, I would record a YouTube video. I would host record a live... Record and edit. Record, edit, and upload a YouTube video. Yep. I would uh, host a one-hour live video show on Ustream, which is no longer a thing, but it was just a live streaming platform. And I would basically live my life in public, but with a brand associated and get paid for it. Right. And so this is before influencers were a thing. Yeah, this was, again, 2009 to 2013 that I did this. So yep. like, if you think about like, you know, everyone's like, yeah, Insta- influencers on Instagram, obviously. Or like obviously. what it meant to be a YouTuber and make make money from sponsorships. Literally, that yeah. was what you were doing like 10 years before it popped. But when I started, Instagram wasn't even a thing. Exactly. Like I was using Flickr. Yeah. So that shows you like the time of what this was. So yeah, yeah there's like a timing thing and how you did but Yeah, you know, I just wanted to give people that context because sure. if they were like, oh, how you are you what? like yeah. Casey Neistat? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I only I only recorded 889 videos straight without taking a break. It's no big deal. That feels like a lot. Yeah, it's burnout. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, here's a really fun one. Okay. Okay. How have bodily functions Ooh. evolved in your relationship? So I brought this one up because I listened to a recent Dave Chang podcast and they talked about... I love Dave Chang. Love Dave Chang. He's amazing. They talked... He talked specifically about like shame of pooping in a relationship uh-huh. and farting and uh-huh. just bodily functions, right? And we've made some fart jokes on this podcast. Oh, yeah. So like if you're listening, you're probably not surprised. And if you don't like poop humor, then you're part of the problem, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, I just think that poop, poop humor is one of those things that it's just always funny. Like I just yeah. always find it funny. It's lighthearted. Anything. What's, why, why is it not funny? But there is, the, so there's just this whole thing in our society, especially here in America. That's like, uh, you have this idea of like, oh, you don't fart in front of your significant other. You don't poop in front of your significant other. You gotta be like, it's not this, romantic. You gotta be this like perfect romantic person. Right? right. And I just remember in every relationship I've been in, like I just wanted to on the first date be like, Hey, I'm gassy. Like, I just... Especially I, after certain meals. Like, yeah. And I, I just... I will fart. And it doesn't mean I love you less. It doesn't mean that I'm less attractive, hopefully. It's yeah. just a bodily function. I literally can't control it. Yeah. And, and sometimes it just happens. Yeah. And also, everyone poops. There's a book for kids that I was remember, taught this. I wish I was taught this. I remember specifically... It's it's funny how it's, like, evolved, but I remember... Spe- okay, first of all, I have just... I have so much history with poop that I need to share. <laughs> We only have so much time. I, when you brought up this question, I told you that it immediately brought me back to a story. This is not about relationships, but it's just about like, as a female, how society tells you that it is so unattractive or embarrassing to have bodily functions. I remember in sixth grade going to a pool party to my friends. Not a poop party. Not a poop party. Yeah. Although, (laughs) to a pool party and we ate a bunch of junk food there, obviously. And I was like, oh no, I have to poop. But there was this one bathroom that everyone was using off of the, like, pool. 
And I was like, if I go in here and I poop, everyone's going to know, A, how long it takes me, and then B, it's going to smell like poop when I come out. Right. And I was, pooping. and so I was like, that is, that would be my worst nightmare is like the cute boys that I like in sixth grade, knowing that I poop yeah. and going into this bathroom. And then, so I held it as long as I could to the point where I made my stomach hurt. Not good. I couldn't go in the pool. I was, I was so. <laughs> you were afraid you're going to erupt. <laughs> <laughs> it was more like, you know, that feeling when you hold in a poop and your stomach just hurts so bad. Yeah. And I, guys, I called my mom and I made her come pick me up from the pool oh, party because I had a poop. That's not good. That was my only way. That was my Could solution. Could you have asked a parent at the pool party? What to would like, I have said, Jason? Be like, my tummy hurts. Can I use an inside bathroom? That also would have been mortifying to me. I yeah. don't. I, I should have. Yeah, and I probably I'm going to teach our kids. I'll be honest, though. I would have left, too. <laughs> you yeah, would have. I would have left, too. Anyway, I think about that and I'm like, that is so sad that, like, I was so mortified and embarrassed that my only option was to just leave the premises. <laughs> well, you, you know why we probably don't have parents to teach us that like pooping is okay and like it's not a big deal and like it's going to smell and whatever is because our parents are still embarrassed. Yeah. Like they still have all the stories yeah. of them being embarrassed. So I think that's part of it. Um, do you want to tell the funny first <laughs> farting story? <laughs> when we broke the seal? I well, helped. you broke the seal. I know I, I had did. already farted. I know I yeah. did. Well, yeah, because obviously you're a man and it's fine for you to fart, but and women also, can't fart. And also, I'm gassier. That's not true. Yes. Babe, I love you, but every man listening to this right now who thinks they're just gassier, that's not true. It's just that you're able to be gassy. Okay, but just women have been set trained aside the patri- for Hold years. on. Set aside the patriarchy for one second. You think you're gassier than me or the same level? Yes. Really? Yeah. For years, I've trained okay. myself right. how to basically <laughs> swallow my own farts. <laughs> and any women, woman listening to this right now knows what I'm talking about. What's you, up, fart swallowers? <laughs> forget cinnamon rollers. We're going straight to fart swallowers. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, where you just suck it right oh, back into your body. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I remember... I'm dead. I, for the first like year and a half of our relationship, I I never farted in front of you. Not I once. just thought you didn't have gas. That is the that <laughs> that is the problem. Yeah, you just think we don't have gas. Well, I thought you specifically didn't. I knew other girlfriends that had gas because oh, they farted. Bless them. Yeah. I I'm so glad that they. were. Anyway, let's get, keep going. So the first year and a half, I spend a lot of effort swallowing trying, swallowing. Why <laughs> use that word? But it's great. And finally, I'll never forget this day. Actually, I have two fart stories. So one of them is, <laughs> it wasn't the first fart. The first fart was, do you remember? I was in the kitchen. Oh, I, yeah, I really yeah, the cupboard. The, the cupboard. <laughs> and we had this squeaky <laughs> cabinet in our kitchen. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, perfect. So I go over to the sneaky cabinet and I open it. And then I'm like, now's the time I yeah. have a fart. And I close the cabinet thinking that the sound is yeah. going to cover up the fart. And yeah. the fart just... It, oh, it carried. It, it carried. You couldn't so, even tell the cabinet was squeaky. It was squeaky. so obviously a fart yeah. instead of a cabinet squeaking. Yeah. It was just like... <laughs> <laughs> and like... But the timing of it with the cabinet days was like, um, did, you just, did that just happen? Yeah. And I was like, and I gotta be like, honest, I really pictured that go, being a lot more seamless. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Okay, it wasn't. so and then we just sort of like didn't talk about it after that. Yeah. And we were just like, okay. And then I'll never forget... we. This was when you were we were trying to get into exercise, trying to get into fitness, and we were outside of the garage in the driveway doing uh, sit ups. Yeah, and you were doing like old gym style sit. Oh, it was where you, you push push the legs, push the legs. Yeah, and so yeah, you, you push the legs. You're standing up trying to push my legs, like giving resistance. Yeah, and it's like one, two, <laughs> and I was just like, no. <laughs> Oh, uh, you did. I you did. I was you so were laughing, I though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We but, were laughing, but, but I was inside. mortified because yeah. it was like breaking the seal. And yeah. I was like, no. Uh, I will and say these are two of the funniest there. memories we have. So yeah. I think that just goes to show that, like, we got to just be, like, more open about this happening. And yeah. I just feel like, because I remember when our relationship first started, I was like, hey, I just got to let you know, like, I, I'm going to fart. And, yeah. like, I'm going to try and do my best not to do it at, like, inopportune times. We have times. a couple of rules, which is, like, you don't fart at someone. You don't fart at someone. You don't fart on someone. Like, you're not using it as a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> that's a key yeah, rule in our relationship. That's a key rule. If you can leave the premises, yeah, where to? Yeah, but that's the thing for me. So, there's, like, 
physically for me, if I get up, the fart is caught. It goes somewhere inside <laughs> me and it doesn't feel good. So I have to like, when yeah, the moment fart hits. fart swallowing doesn't feel good. Great. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Uh, but anyway. This we, is going to be mean, an important lesson we teach our children. We also. Don't you So we've well. lived in a couple different places we've mentioned many times. A lot of them will have a downstairs bathroom or uh-huh, an upstairs uh-huh. bathroom. So most often we'll designate a pooping bathroom yeah. if we had the luxury of two bathrooms. Right. And so in most places we've had a pooping bathroom, which is great because then the other person doesn't have to go into that bathroom. Right. Into because the... listen, it doesn't smell good it's for, not, for anybody. It's not fun. For anybody. Yeah. And you also don't want to have to do the like, well, how do I make this smell better? Do I have to do the soap in the sink thing? Do I have to spray the stuff? Which just makes this. You study. do the soap in the sink. No, thing? I learned that from you. Yeah. Do you guys? I don't know if anyone else does this, but it is a that is clutch. the that is the key move. Don't use the spray. No, no. Agitate is, some soap this, in the sink. This is what I do if I'm ever in a place that doesn't have a spray. Just don't use the spray. The spray is a clear indicator you pooped. That's true. The soap is the not. Soap, it's so like oh, someone washed their hands thoroughly. Yeah. And this here's, bathroom needs cleaning. Here's the move: if you are in a place that doesn't have some sort of fragrance and you're shit out of luck, <laughs> you take some hand soap, you yeah. squirt it into the basin of the sink yeah and you agitate it with yeah. your hand yeah. as the water's running and it, re- it, it, it releases the soap releases smells. soap smells it activates them it's a real it's a good it's move. a good move uh so what i was gonna say we've had the luxury of two bathrooms in a lot of places the current place that we are in it does have two bathrooms but one is like right in the middle and then one's off in our bedroom and our place is fairly small and so we have like the oh you, i have to go poop and you we shut the door to the bedroom yeah which is kind of how we do it. But you have a thing. This is where we're going to wrap up the poop Uh-oh. conversation. You have a move. What is your move when it comes to my pooping? <laughs> For whatever reason, yeah. after Jason poops, I have to be in the bedroom. I, I have to get something. <laughs> it's You'll have been sitting on the couch for six teen hours. Well, you know why? And I'm like, oh, I have to go poop. And so I go and I poop and I shut the door and I go to the bathroom Within 30 seconds, it's like your radar goes off and you're like, oh, I have to go into the bathroom and get one Q-tip that I have. I know, but do you know why? Why? Because you going in there reminds me of the things that that I need to do. Wait 16 more hours. (laughs) Wait, I have one more thing on the pooping conversation. I think what really broke the seal also for us, not just on farts, but on poops, was when you travel together and you're in a hotel room, like, what are you going to do? You you just have to be honest. And so that's, yeah. And so what we have learned is you play music. Yeah. And you both play music. You both play That's music helpful. so that you're not self-conscious about the other person hearing sounds. You both play music and then you just you go about your business and you feel at peace. You don't yeah. feel have to nervous about it. Or yeah. I had a girlfriend coming out of college who told me that she was legitimately afraid to move in with her boyfriend. She was like, well, I'm not moving in. And no. I was like, why? And she have, was like, because I can't poop. You got to have an honest combo. I was like, and you got to, like, if for anybody hey, what's listens the long right game? now. What's the long game on this strategy? Anybody listens right now, if you're in a relationship with a significant other and you have not told them that you poop or you've not had the poop conversation or farts, watch your mic, please just have the combo. You're going to just sit down you're and be like, hit a hey, whole new level. I got to have these bodily functions that are completely normal and involuntary. Let me, let me listen, just go It's do only going to get more bodily yeah. functions. That was our poop segment of this. Thank you. Fart swallowers for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I honestly hate it. Yeah, I, I still do. have some like feelings about it, but yeah, you do. moving on to number five, if you could instill one piece of advice in a newborn baby's mind, what advice would you give? One piece of advice. Wow. This is a tough one. Okay. It would have to be, I think it would have to be some sort of like, track with me here, some piece of like meta advice that applies to all other pieces of advice. Yeah. That's what I think. So I think it would have to be something like, I would want them to know that pretty much all advice in life is not black or white. It's like, yeah. Some version, there's going to be some circumstances totally. where you need to push forward and there's going to be some circumstances where you need to pull back. Yeah. There's going to be some circumstances where, you know, it's just like all advice is dependent. So I think what I would wrap that in is ultimately you have to trust yourself and nobody is going to be able to make decisions for you. And so it's the most important thing is that you learn to get to know yourself, have self-awareness so yep. that you can be your be- best advice giver. That's what I would say to okay. a newborn baby. I would, for this newborn baby who understands the world, mm-hmm. um, I think I would tell them, take care of yourself first in like as minimal capacity as possible to feel good, mm-hmm. but then be as selfless as possible. And at every turn, try and make the most selfless decision that's not hindering your ability to, like, operate as a person. To care about other people. So, like, a very simple example, 
if there's a cart, a shopping cart in the parking lot that's right in front of your car, take the two seconds to put it in the cart place, not just sitting out in the parking lot. So, yeah, I feel like the advice you're kind of imparting is is reminding them that they're a part of a bigger picture. Exactly. And you do have to take care of yourself because, of like, course. if you're having a mental breakdown and, like, moving that cart to the other place would, like, hinder your ability to drive home, then don't move that cart. Right. But it, it, for most opportunities you can move the cart and it's not a big deal or like a piece of trash or whatever mm-hmm. like it's like doing those small things like if if every single infant baby on earth did those things boy we'd be at a much more well-off place wow you were really i really like that you had had the macro view at like thank you lens there i can be a poop guy and i can also be a macro lens guy you're both get you a man who can do both <laughs> <laughs> or a woman or a woman yeah or a person or a person <clears throat> Okay, number six. What are the three most defining moments in your life thus far? Wow. Three seems like a lot. I know you said three. What? I just think one, two. Two two most defining moments. Also, you can interpret this however you want. I take it to mean like the moments that changed you. Yeah. That's what I take it to mean. Yeah. So I think, honestly, one is meeting you. Wow. That is lovely. Maybe not meeting you. I think the defining moment, I think probably the defining moment actually was move was quitting my job in Durham and moving in with you. I think to put words into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I don't have my own thoughts. Go ahead. It's it's what I showed you was possible when it comes to work. I think that's yeah, but really so many more things. Well, yeah, but I think that's the like defining moment. Well, yeah, that's the thing that really changed the trajectory of my Which life. Which really has nothing to do with like me it's more of just the way I saw the world you're like oh I could see the world that way too well totally but like I was on a totally different path before I met you and then why I picked that moment is because I think I was at a crossroads where also I picked our relationship over another relationship another relationship and like a different path in my life where I would have been single and I would have been like trying to work in the advertising industry and I think I just recognized something really special that we had where I was just like I don't think this is comes along every once in a while yeah or what I don't think this comes along often often yeah (laughs) and um um, so I think picking that okay let's bounce back and forth oh also wait I'm not done also I think it was important because it was a moment in my life where I chose what I knew was right over what everyone was telling me was right. Yeah. So like my mom was like, don't you really think you need to be at this job a year? That was like her thing was like, be at a job a year because so that you can put it on your resume. Cause anything, you know, less than that looks flaky or whatever. Don't you want to be at this job a year? Um, and you know, are you sure about this relationship? I mean, she wouldn't, she didn't fight me very hard on it. Yeah. Um, but, but I had to, I had to swallow knowing I had to fart swallow knowing <laughs> That people were going to judge me and think that I was, you know, choosing a guy over my career and that's not very feminist. And I had to, you know, that I was go- moving back to Jacksonville. Yeah. And did that mean that I was, you know, not succeeding? I All these judgments that I knew people might think about me and I chose what I knew was best for me over all those things. Yeah. So that's one. I think we got to do just one because we're already, like, I'm looking at time. We have the fifth question. Like, I'm sorry. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but okay, we'll do two. Um uh, <laughs> So the face that I just got was a clear... No, it's fine. I just... No, it's fine. Um, my clear defining moment... I mean, the one that just like always stands out to me is I'm sitting at my 9 to 5 job as a graphic designer working for the Men's Professional Tennis Organization, and I'm just in like the sea of beige everywhere. Like literally everything is beige. The walls, the desk, the desktop computer, the monitor, the keyboard, the chair, the carpet. Like it's all beige. And I, just, in now. and I just had this moment where I was just like, if this is the rest of my life, kill me now. Like, just, I just don't want to do it. It's morbid. It's really taking it too far. You shouldn't but have it, said that. But you, you know what I mean? Just like, the, I can't do this. Like, yeah. I have to go do something else. And I just had this moment where, like, that was a switch that was flipped that changed everything for me. That Then I just went, what else can I do? Like, yeah. I have to Anything figure to out a way beige. out of this and not be in this. And, and for any, anybody who's listening to this, that you might be in your own beige existence of, of a job and, like, feeling like, build your plan and know that it might take six months to two years to get out of that. It took me about, I think it was, like, nine months after that point. Mm-hmm. But I just was, like, every day that I was at that job, I did the work. And then at the end of the day, I left, I went home, and I said, okay, what do I do next? I mm-hmm. got to do something besides this. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, changed everything for me because... 
you know, work and life stuff. Cause I just started giving myself permission of like, I'm not going to do things the way that I'm supposed to do them at totally. all in any capacity. So, Love okay. That. You want to go to a second thing? No, then? I'll just keep it short. But I do think that us deciding to move to California is the oh, other. We can do a joint one. That's a great one. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think a major defining shift in our lives because it just, for a lot of reasons, but it showed me that things that you dream of, you can actually make a reality. Yeah. And you know, and, and they don't look as perfect as what people think. Totally. Like when we say we sold everything in Florida and we drove across the country with just what we could fit in our car and we moved to California and, and everyone's like, wow, that worked out perfectly. It's like there were so many hurdles along the way of that. Right. There were so many difficult moments. There were so many hard decisions. We were still in a bunch of debt. We were paying for both a mortgage and rent, which we really couldn't afford. Right. And we had to like scrap to figure that out. Like there were so many... Uh, like signs that were like, don't do this. Yeah, and we Metaphorical just did it anyway. signs. And we just said, no, we want whatever this journey is going to bring us. And if if in six months or a year we can't do this and we have to move back, then we'll do that. Yeah. But we can't stop. We can't stay in the place that we are. And I will just say, that was the turning point where we our businesses started taking off. Yeah. We paid off all of our debt. Like on paper, it was a bad move. Yep. And it propelled us because we were fueled by happiness. Yeah. We were in a new place, and it really filled up our inspiration tanks. And um, and we, I, I really think we got away from being around a lot of people who just didn't understand the lives that we wanted to totally. live. Totally, they weren't necessarily toxic. People, no, not at all. But they were just people who, like, we would say, like, "Oh, I'm really excited about this." Like, I don't get it. Right. And when you have a lot of that in your life, it's so hard to have the fuel to move forward because. You're like, oh, well, maybe I don't get it either. Wait, I'm looking at this wrong. I shouldn't be doing this. I got to go back and do the same thing. Right. As opposed to moving to a new place where, you know, admittedly, there just weren't any people around. And we just went, well, let's just try this. Yeah. Let's just keep doing new things and let's just try our best and let's see what happens. And it ends up working out and it's difficult, but it was a huge pivotal decision. I like that one. Good. Good joint venture. Yep. Moving on to number seven. (laughs) This is a Jason Seven or six? Seven. That was six. Would you rather own a dragon yeah. or be a dragon? Okay. Let's repeat this with a little bit more interest. Would you rather own a dragon okay. or be a dragon? That's a really good question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, be a dragon. I think own a dragon. What's the benefit of owning a dragon? Well, because here's the thing. If you are a dragon, yeah. you got dragon problems, right? Tell Would me you- about the Tell me about the problems you have as a as a mythical beast who can just let's flame also, let's anything. also uh, let's let's choose what type of dragon you are because there's a lot of different dragons you could be a mythical beast that can flame you anything. are a Game of Thrones dragon yeah you are great. you are that dragon okay you are the the mother of dragons head dragon that's you great so you're large you're in charge uh-huh. and you can't go a lot of places. Like, if you, like, land on a building, you're crushing. Like, if I want to go to a coffee shop. like Does let's anybody... Just... First of all, I don't feel comfortable owning a dragon. Well, that's the thing. I think in owning the dragon, yeah. it's a little bit of a symbiotic relationship. Okay. You both own each other. You don't keep it on a leash. Absolutely not. You don't not. keep it you locked away. You do not. You do not. It flies freely. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, this just, feels a little bit colonial to me to own a dragon. It's a, it's a connection the two of you have. You're okay. one and the same. Okay. You're basically the same person. So you don't own a dragon. You, you kind of, like, get to... Be Basically, do I want to be a human counterpart to a dragon, yeah. or do I want to be a dragon? The dragon, yeah. Wow. When you have no human counterpart, that's the the important. I think category. dragon. I think I want to be a human who has Can a ride counterpart. The dragon. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. So, like, I love walking to a local coffee shop and just sitting down and having a pastry as a dragon. Guess what happens oh, if I, I try see. to do that? You don't want to give up I've all of your human. Twelve people. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to give up your human comforts. I well, I don't think so because as great as flying would be, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of things I'm used to mm-hmm. that I think I would want to have. Like, oh, I wanna... now that you're saying it, there's really no downsides to being the human counterpart to a saying. dragon. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Now, however. I do see the flip of the coin where you're like, I'm done with human existence. Like, it's too difficult. Let's I just try... want to be a dragon. Oh, yeah. I just want to, like, live in a fjord and, like, build a nest and, like, right. find my dragon lover and, you know. Are you, is this the plot of How to Train Your Dragon? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because there's a lot of humans involved. I'm just the dragon part. Oh, okay. That's all I am. Yeah. It's a fun question. You don't though. have to be, like, a war dragon. No, I feel no, like dragons are always, like, weapons in wars. Right, like, but that's what I'm I don't, I'm, a, I'm an anti-war dragon. Totally. I, you know? I have a nested. I'm a peace dragon. I have a nested fjord. Like, that's the type of dragon I am. I'm, yeah, I'm nesting just, in fjords. That's all I'm doing. I just want to nest in a fjord. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So did you, where did you land? I'm a human who is a dragon counterpart. Okay, I'll be a dragon. Okay. <laughs> I'll be your dragon. Aww. Oh, wow. You can't Dude. go to the coffee shop, just so you're aware. That's okay. You do everything for me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Because I'm good at chores, as we <laughs> stamina for chores earlier. Bring it back. Hashtag stamina for chores. Chore yeah. stamina. Okay, moving on to number eight. What small act of kindness were you once shown that you will never forget? I love this question. I know you do. This is an Enneagram 4 question if there ever was one. You need to think of one because I have an answer. Go for it. Okay, so the one that immediately comes to mind for me is we were living in Florida. I had this weird skin condition that happened where just my whole body broke out basically in like, not hives, but like a weird rash, right? And I'm, it's uncomfortable. It's terrible. Nobody, none of these dermatologists can figure it out, but they tell me that it'll go away with like this specific cream or something like that. And I'm desperate at this point because it's been weeks of nobody being able to tell me what this is. And I get this, this prescription and I think this is finally going to make it go away and I can like start living my life again. I go to the Target pharmacy, I get to the counter and the girl says, that'll be $112. Yeah. And at this point, we were broke as broke can be. Yeah. And I just start crying because I thought the way that they had pitched it to me was like, it's a sample and blah, blah, blah. And it'll be, I was thinking like $20. $100 is going to overdraft yeah. we already me. had, well, I, we already had negative $9. Like, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but I'm guessing the state of healthcare, at least in the United States, you probably have had a moment like this. It just breaks you because yeah. you're just like, the only thing standing between you and relief for the problem that you have is money and you don't have money. And it just is so awful and unfair. The woman, the pharmacist looks at me and she goes, I'm just, I'm looking at her. I'm not bawling. I'm looking at her with the most desperate tear filled, like heartbroken look on my face. Like, I don't think I can pay for this. And she goes, do you want to come step to the side? I might be able to find something for you in the back or whatever. So there's like a little cubby in the target thing where you can like wait for something. I'm sitting in a chair and I'm just like head in hands. So disheartened. She comes out like a long time, a long time later, like 50. She's like, okay, this is similar. And it has like the same active ingredients. And I went and looked for it. And she did some pharmacist. She did some pharmacist like finagling. And she's like, I also have this coupon and this coupon. She gets the price down on this like very similar thing down to like $15 or something and I will just never forget like the kindness of that person looking at someone who was desperate for relief and and just doing whatever they could to help and it still like touches me to this day that's great that's a great one yeah yeah um I the one that comes to mind for me so I moved around a lot as a kid I went to a ton of different schools I went to four different high schools but before that I went to like multiple different middle schools and other things but the four high schools Anybody who has ever done that knows the pain of being the new kid over and over. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, I was at my fourth high school. I was a junior in high school. And I was just, like, so done with trying to be the new kid and, like, find friends and whatever. And I just remember I had probably been going to this school for, like, a month. And I was just eating by myself every day at lunch. Not sitting with anybody because I literally didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. So I'm eating by myself every single day at Mm. lunch. And you can clearly, as a kid in high school, like, you can see the tables where, like, there's cliques and there's friends and whatever. And and I remember there was this this girl, and, like, I think she was in another one of my classes or whatever. And she was attractive. And I, you know, remember just thinking, like, oh, well, you know, be a fun person to know. <laughs> and But I just never had the courage to say anything. Mm-hmm. And I also, I was literally at this point where I was like, I'm going to get through the next year and a half. I'm not going to make any friends. I luckily had had one good friend from a previous high school that, like, we were both new, friend, new kids. So, like... After school, we would always hang out, so that was a nice thing. Yeah. But in school, I just knew no one. And I just remember I'd been going to the cafeteria every day by myself for, like, a month. And one day, I'm sitting there, like, eating my lunch by myself, like, I think maybe listening to an iPod. Like, I can't even remember, like, what would you do as a kid before, like, you had, like, technology. You sat there in silence? Like, yeah. Like, looked at, read and, a book? I don't know. And I'll never forget, she came up and sat down with her lunch Aww. and, like, had lunch with me and, like... We chatted and she was super nice and, and basically like invited me to come like be with her friends. And first of all, that was so awkward and like of such course. a weird thing. And I, I really didn't enjoy it, but I actually ended up making like two or three friends out of that group yeah. that I ended up then sitting with. And I just remember that, that like momentary act of kindness of that person yeah, being the new kid over and over. Like it was so helpful for me at that time like I can only imagine like I was probably in some dark places yeah like thinking about like not like really dark places but I just mean like committing to the fact that I wasn't gonna make a friend for a year and a half in high school and having this girl like show this act of kindness and and it was genuine like she really sweet was it was just a nice person so I really 
that's something that I would really love to teach our future kids is like, listen, when you see a kid by themselves, because kids can be so mean. And I know that sense of like that pack mentality at that age is so important. But I think the more of us at, at this generation can teach our kids coming up like you don't have to be that clicky like yeah. it's okay to like yeah look for the misfits and like everybody yeah. has like something to share and some stories and they're interesting people and they're good people and yeah i just uh, that moment for me i remember just like flipped you know it's not like i became like popular kid in school like i made no a but just whatever like, yeah, it was big that's it was a big sweet. moment thank you moving on to number nine we have two left if you had anything at if you had to do anything as a job other than what you do right now, what would you do? Now, am I doing this with the same skills that I have right now? It's anything. You literally do anything. So I'm going to tell you what mine is because I already... It doesn't matter if I have the skill? doesn't matter at oh, all. Okay. You're just saying like, this is what I would do. Oh, okay. Here's what I would do. I would work at a remote scientific station, like in a jungle, on like some like crazy problem and i would be some type of like analyst this is what i would you actually do. want to do that i i don't it's not a forever thing this is i knew you were going to bring this <laughs> up like you're gonna do it like maybe it's like two years i don't know but okay. i just think like that would be such a because i want to go like wildly different i'm gonna be like oh well i would be an artist instead like i you know like i'm kind of already Whoa. like <laughs> <laughs> for me personally i wanted to just like pick something that's like so wildly different that i would never sure. do and i just imagine like I'm picturing the GoldenEye, like, satellite setup. Like, it's just, like, this giant satellite. There's, like, a remote office. What was it? Contact, where Jodie Foster was working sure. uh, as well. I know. As you're describing this, I'm like, are you Jodie Foster in Contact? No, I'm one of the, I'm one of the like, lackeys. I'm not the hero of this oh, story. Okay. you don't the hero. I'm just, because I don't also don't want the pressure. I want, like, a real True. easygoing analyst just job. Just an analyst. Where I'm just reviewing some satellite yeah. footage, and I'm just being like, yeah, nothing today. Nothing today. And then today. I just get to go have some no services, and I just get to hang no out. That's it communicating with us today okay um my answer is different yeah than that of course the thing that i thought of was like i i would really like to do something on like a movie in the in the movie movie? industry on a movie on a movie like a but you know i know that that the entertainment industry has its own downsides yeah but i would really like to do something with like i don't have the skills but we said that's okay it's not a matter it doesn't matter oh then like something with like music and movies okay or yeah. you want to like you like, want to be uh jason siegel's character in forgetting sarah marshall <laughs> <laughs> or like or the editing i really find movie editing fascinating okay great but i don't want to be like the person who's responsible for it yeah. and like meeting deadlines but i just want to be some sort of like ooh, or like a script a script um supervisor who has to like make sure that everything's it's like ties or together like a prop designer okay we're getting into a lot of different... ooh, like a prop what about designer? a foley artist Fully artist would be cool. Yeah. I think like a prop designer or oh no, okay. Like a set designer. Uh-huh. You know the people who I, I just watched the Friends Reunion special, the people who on TV shows get to dress the sets and yeah. decide like what are what's all the like ephemera that's yeah. gonna make it yeah. feel lived in. That's what I want to do. That's what you want to Great. That's awesome. Love it. Do you have the skills for that? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be an analyst in the jungle looking at satellite pictures. Okay, I'm You're gonna, gonna be dress the set of friends, the next friends. Love it. All right, final question. What's the best part of growing older? I had an immediate answer to this. I don't know if you did. Is it the bones cracking? No, <laughs> it is not. Uh, I think it's autonomy. Oh. I think that's the best part of growing older. Is Explain. That you get to make every decision you possibly want and no one can tell you one way or the other. And I mm. do realize that there's kind of some privilege that comes along with that. So I want sure. to fully acknowledge that that's a thing. But I just even think like... If you remove that part of the equation and you just think, okay, when you become in your mid-20s and you've, like, gone to college or whatever and you have your first job, you have your first place, like, you get to make every decision within reason Mm -hmm. depending on what your circumstances are. But it's like, I could choose to eat whatever I want for breakfast. I could go to a movie at any time, at any day, like, maybe not during the day if you work a normal job, but you know what I mean? Like, Tuesday night. Like, you didn't go to movies as Tuesday night as a kid. So it's, like, all these little things. Like, I even think about it now when I go to the grocery store. Yeah. And it's such a small thing. It's like, I could literally buy Pop-Tarts today and no one could tell me no. Yeah. And if that's the only thing I bought at the grocery store, I have the autonomy to do that. Yeah. And I just think, like, sometimes when we're driving, I'm like, I could just turn left and drive for 45 minutes for no reason other than I wanted to turn left and drive. I can go anywhere and do anything. So it's like, it's those types of things. And then I think with the privilege, you know, uh, part of the equation, it's like, 
could start any business we want. Could right. literally buy any domain, spin up a website, and like no one can tell me I can't do that. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting time that we live in. Like that's another part of the privilege of like being born in this era when you can do any of that at right. any time. The like, autonomy comes with like so much more implications. Technology even. and like all the things that we have at our fingertips. I, I just think that, that that is such a huge thing I think about as as you know, getting older mm-hmm. and, and I've tried to really be aware of how great and wonderful that is and just being able to acknowledge that I have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Hey. It's funny how the answer to this question, I'm sorry, but I'm cold. You insisted on having, remember when we said that the only reason we might dragon, ever get divorced? As a dragon, what? you're not cold. Because you're cold-blooded, <clears throat> so you're always going to be warm. I knew this was going to be our dynamic. When you, <laughs> you said you didn't own me as a dragon. You said it would be a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And I'm feeling a little bit owned as a dragon. And I can burn you at any moment. So you need to... Can you, though? Yeah. Because if I die, you're gone. Because it's a symbiotic relationship. Ooh. Now you're making the rules. This feels like you're using your human brain against hey, me. Hey, swallow some farts and keep going. <laughs> have, you swallowed, my, have you swallowed any farts in the past 50 minutes? I haven't. Okay, me either. Okay. All right, fart free. Have you ever farted on the podcast? No. No, I would know. You have. <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay. I would know. All right, what are you doing? Um. What, what are you getting older? Also, and- wait. Are you even really married if you don't recreate the other person's fart sound immediately? So one of the things that I think makes our fart relationship work really well is that we both find poop humor funny. Yeah. And so one of our favorite games is trying to recreate, (laughs) like acting so disgusting, acting like what in the world was that? And then trying to recreate the sound. I think it's actually, we don't do the acting so disgusted. I think we just go so far in trying to recreate. And then it just gets to a silly place. No, you know we do. That's part of our bit. Well, yeah. Think about being on the couch and you doing that and me and always one of us peeking up from the pillow. Well, yeah, but I don't think that's, I don't look at that as so disgusted. I look at that as like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> like I've never heard a fart before in my entire life. I think, anyway. it's, I think it's funny that we act disgusted and we're not. Um, yeah. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> What's the best part about getting older? Farting? Oh, I feel like I was going to say something before that. Oh, it's because I was cold. Okay, yeah. got it. I think it's interesting how the answer to these questions relate back to our personalities and what we value because my answer, which also might be cliche, but I think the best part about getting older is the more confidence you have in being yourself, mm-hmm. which I think is the ultimate answer. But like you just care less and less as the years go on with fitting in yeah. because it's, you just are exhausted. You're just like, I'm so tired of not doing what I want to do. And I think back to like, you know, being in college or whatever and trying so hard to like fit in with my group of friends. Not that I wasn't being myself. I mean, I was, but you're being yourself within the confines of like what your little group will allow. Yeah. And then I'll never forget, like, we went on, like, a girls' trip. This is, like, two or three years after college. And they were all out drinking and wanted to stay out until, like, two. And I was, like, this might have been my anxiety talking. I don't know. But I was, like, I'm exhausted. Like, I just want to go home. And so I got myself a cab home. And I watched Netflix on my iPad <laughs> to go to sleep. And I remember being, like, God, a couple of years ago, I would have never yeah, done this. Yeah, you would have just toughed through it. I would have toughed through it because yeah. I didn't want to be, like, made fun of or, like, oh, she's a wet blanket or blah, 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 blah. And I was just, like, I don't care. I don't care what you guys think of me because I'm tired. And that has just perpetuated the more and more years that go by. And, you know, standing more firm in the boundaries that we create, even with our families and being like, I don't care if you think something about like, you know, my friends were like, oh, are you going to stay with your families when you go to back to Florida? And we're like, no, like a core part of us enjoying our families is that we have our own place to stay so that we can have time to recharge our battery so we can be fully present with our families. And that's something that like, I think as I was younger, I would have been afraid to say that. Yeah. Never probably with you. I would because you would have said it. But um, I think that's cool about getting older is you just can be yourself and and deal with the consequences. I do have sympathy for people like we even have friends in our lives who they have complicated relationships with their family and they can't be honest with their family. Mm -hmm. And we even have our things with our families and we can't be honest. But I think that's one thing that my family knows about me is like I'm going to be honest. Right. So it's like it's no surprise to my mom when we're like we're going to come visit. And she's like well they're not staying with us. Yeah. And it's just it's not even a question. You know, it's just, we need our space. We need, and then they just respect that. But I think that does come with getting older. Like I think it's because it's repetition and it's you becoming your own person and them seeing like, oh, 
this is who they are. Yeah. Like this is they're gonna they're gonna set their own boundaries. And also, you raised me, so it's your fault. I know. I tell mm-hmm. that to my mom all the time. Like she really, and she always said that to me. Like her goal was always to raise me to be independent. Yeah. And to be able to think for myself and to be able to take care of myself and. It's just so funny because I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but you did too good of a job. Yeah. All right. That'll wrap up 10 thought-provoking and fun and silly questions. We Summer really, of fun. Summer of fun, part one. We really hope you ask your significant other these questions. I think it would be very fun if you have any stories you want to share. Or yourself. You don't have to or have yourself. a significant other. Yeah, absolutely. It could be a friend. It could be a family member, Or just answer them yourself. Totally. Uh, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear some of your like answers or stories if you went through these. I think that'd be a great Can place to... Can you comment on Apple Podcasts? Now? Well, that's like a review. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, the review as a comment. I mean, let's basically. use the accuracy of language. You know yeah, what I mean? use the review as a comment. I think would be a fun way to like read you know some of how, these. Yeah, that's how we you can know roll. reviews work. Uh, otherwise, you can send us an email, hello at Wandering Aimfully. But before we wrap up, let's talk about movies. Okay. Okay, I am very excited to talk about this first movie. I know you are. So I found this movie on a show that I watch every Saturday morning, a show, a program on YouTube. <laughs> uh, the Corridor Crew has a YouTube channel and they basically do like Stuntmen react, uh, VFX artists react, animators react, whatever it is. They do right. like a reaction to like different things. And they have a recurring one where they basically like do disaster movie breakdowns right. for special It's basically effects. them doing scenes of movies and yes. breaking down how the stunt was done, how the effects were done, etc. Or just something ridiculous that they share. Yes. So a couple weeks ago, we both, you don't usually watch this with me, but you looked up and they were reviewing this movie. And yeah. you're like, what movie is I was that? like, what is that? Because I think this was the back-to-back week of Volcano and Dante's Peak for I, us. Yeah, we, I was like, what is this Volcano movie because that we, we haven't seen we it? We haven't seen it. Yeah. So this you guys a, know we have a history of Volcano movies. This was a 2019, so not a classic movie classic movie right. night but just a gem yeah called skyfire it's skyfire it was released i we believe in mainland china yes which we didn't know when we started it I had no idea which was fine yeah but, which oh, i also wow. think was great because it like it removes the preconceived notion of like oh i'm gonna have to watch a movie that's in another language and like you know whatever it's like no no i just want to watch a disaster movie and i'm totally fine that i'm gonna read subtitles right we were already time. into the movie by the time we were like oh no it's gonna be subtitled the entire movie and we were like all right well we're already in which is great i'm down for watching movies from other cultures and whatever totally uh so this movie to me it would slot in perfectly in 1997 with volcano dante's peak and Skyfire. Yeah, except for the effects were very 2019. Very good, yes. is what you're saying. Yes. Uh, but the, the plot itself and the... Let's the, give let's give the plot of the movie. Oh, okay. Go for it. The plot of the movie. A resort has yeah. been created uh-huh. at the foot of an active volcano. Who doesn't want to stay It's a, a classic... Th- there's a very Jurassic Park element to all of 100%. this. Which is like... J1. J1 element of like the hubris of man to think that he can control nature and profit off of it. Yeah. So there's very much that element, but it's be- be- they create this beautiful resort at the yeah. foot of this active volcano. The main protagonist, we would love to say that it's beautiful. Say that sure. The main protagonist is a young girl whose father is father and mother are volcano researchers, yeah. scientists. Sure, sure. sure. And um I'm not going to tell you in the yeah, first 10 happens. minutes, but the, the volcano erupts in the first 10 minutes. Yeah. The, and then something happens. And then that's, then after the volcano erupts, they build this, this hotel. Many years later. Many years yeah. later. But the girl and the dad are like, this is a bad idea because we, we've been there and yeah. it's not pretty. Um, and so anyway, you could imagine that the, there's some, there's some action that ensues. Yeah. There's maybe an eruption that happens. I don't want to spoil okay, it, definitely but the movie is called sky fire. <laughs> so something yeah. happens. They uh, have so many good, like, you know what it reminds me of? Remember when we watched, um, what's the, what's the vertical limit is. Yeah. Is that the movie with the rock Chris? climbing? The rock climbing yeah. with Chris O'Donnell, yeah. where we're like, there's so many good tension building. Oh, moments. Moments. Yeah, yeah. This reminds me of that, where it's like they really, lot of good. They really thought of like all yeah. the different ways. And they, I think to they tension. actually are paying homage to Dante's Peak with like the lagoon scene. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh huh. J one with like the monorail. Um, probably volcano with the lava flow. Yeah. And like, like I, I really it's think it's a mashup they, of a lot of things. It's intentional, and for those of you who enjoy those movies. I really do believe you would love this movie. And I don't want to hype it up too much, but it just like, if you think bad, good disaster movie, bad, good disaster this movie. fits perfectly. It also reminded me how good the effects were, but how like cheesy the dialogue was. Again, there, you're, not, you're not really sure how cheesy the dialogue was because it was in translation. Right. But 
Um, so it could have been like mistranslated or whatever, but it reminded me of 2012, yeah, yeah, which yeah. we really liked because of the cheese factor. You just got to like yeah. go in knowing that. Yeah. You but go the into effects this... were just. They were great. And I, I hope that Some holds were better up. than others, but in yeah. general, they were very good. Overall, the eruptions, the, the little like, uh, sky fire bits, uh, the magma, yeah. the lava flow. I mean, there wasn't really a moment where we're like, Ooh, that was bad. Uh, so it was pretty, pretty It was solid. really fun Yeah, it was, it was a fun watch. So Skyfire, highly recommended. I think you'd find it I on I can't believe we didn't sing Skyfire. I know, not until the end. caught up in the... Go ahead. Skyfire. Really great. Thanks. Uh, all right, second movie. So we actually watched a different second movie, but we're not going to talk about it. We're going to skip that, and we're going to talk about Bo Burnham's Wait, new Wait, why release. are we skipping it? you got to at least say. Well, yeah, so we watched Olympus Has Fallen. Now we're talking about it. Okay, well, let's just very quickly. We watched Olympus We just decided Fallen. it was too violent and it was too... There's there's it's something just, that makes us very uncomfortable about, like, foreign terrorists and, yeah, like... Yeah, and the reason that we watched it was because we needed a movie for you that would, like, hold your attention. Right, like we so tried we to watch We tried to watch another Bourne movie and it wasn't... It just didn't do many, right. There was too many things to figure out. And, and I they, was, like, shoved the camera up Matt Damon's nose for half the movie and, <laughs> yeah. like, shake it around. So. Yeah. So anyway. But anyway, we decided, like... We just didn't love Olympus Has Fallen for many reasons, so we're going to move on. Yeah, so we're going to talk uh, about Bo Burnham's new special called uh-huh. Inside. Uh-huh. He has, he essentially spent the entire year of quarantine, lockdown, pandemic times making a special. Right. And I firmly believe that he went into it and it was going to be like... Also, who knows if... Do you think you really... I don't think he really every day was in that room. Do you? I do not. I oh, do not. Okay. This is the great thing about Bo Burnham, though. Is it doesn't matter. Is it doesn't matter, but also you don't know. Like, you don't know. Because you're like, he could be crazy enough to do that. Right. And you also don't know, like, he talks a lot about mental illness through right. this. So if that's triggering for you, you should probably skip this. Yeah, um, it's, y'all, it's dark. It's dark. You really need to go into it with the, like, I'm in a really good mood. I've had a glass of my wine if I partake. And I'm down for some really dark jokes. But that's the thing that's so brilliant to me about his humor is that he walks that line. Like, he's not afraid to go to that dark place because he's like, this is what I'm trying to say. And this is what we should be talking about. Right. Like, that's ev- the other we've part. all just been through this, like, extremely traumatic thing. And we're not really talking about how traumatic it was. Yeah. And there's just so many things in that special that are so smart. Yeah. And... I think it's so interesting also the way that he weaves in talking about his previous material, like offensive things that he said, um, how the hypocrisy of trying to talk about, you know, uh, the the ways that he's educated himself, but also now him as a white, a straight white man. Yeah. Like, talking about that yeah. and how problematic, like, he's kind of like, straight women need oh, to he, shut up, but also here's my special. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, it, it is such an interesting step into his mind, but also in the minds of a lot of us during this past year plus. Yeah. Of like, there's just so much shit going on. Like, what am what do I do? Like, what's my place in this? How am I supposed to help? Am I supposed to help? Like, what? And then also, like, where does humor fit in? You know? Right. Like, and there's a lot of... Just really interesting things that he touches on. Yeah, speaking of thought-provoking. Like, there's just a lot Absolutely. of thought-provoking things in there for you to go, I don't know, where do I land on this? Or yeah. why am I laughing at this? Or do I think this is or funny? Or can I laugh at this? Or can I laugh and, at this? Which I think is his intention. Right. And, and, and that's, he talks, it's very on the nose because the entire time he's like, should I be joking right now? Like, what do I do, you know, in this moment? And can I laugh? Like, do I even have the permission to laugh at something right. like this? Uh, so I think if you're a Bo Burnham fan, this is something you're going to really appreciate. I think it's a step, uh, aside from a lot of his previous stuff. Like he's done dark humor before and yeah. even some like mental illness humor before, mm-hmm. but this one has a lot more. So again, just like kind of a little bit of a trigger warning. Um, if you're not a Bo Burnham fan, I would go watch one of his other specials first just to see if you like Bo Burnham. Yeah. Before I, this, it's, one. Not, this is, it's not for everyone. This for is sure. not a start with Bo Burnham here. Yeah, no, no, no. You're right. You would uh, yeah, you would do yourself a favor to go watch another one that's like it's a lot softer. Yeah, his with, last one I think was good. Yeah. Um, but I, I look at this, it was funny, we finished watching it, and I just thought to myself, as I do almost everything Bo Burnham creates, and I'm like, I really hope he's okay. Yeah, for sure. Because there, when you watch it, it's it's it really walks the line of, is he actually feeling this way, or is he portraying how we're all feeling? Yeah, and we should think about that. Yeah, and it is a very like you, fine line. Yeah, you you're like, Oof. yeah. And, but there's a message at the end of like, if you need help, like get mental health help, and you know some some stuff about that, yeah. which I think is important. But 
It is tough. At, yeah, at one points. scene that specifically comes to mind is that one scene where he kind of like breaks down crying and then it's a slow zoom into the lens of the camera. Yeah. And I told you, I go, he's also, we need to say, a phenomenal actor. Yeah. He's a phenomenal actor. Um, but that one scene sticks out to me because I remember thinking, and I'm sure this is the reason, this is what art is for, right? It makes you ask questions. It's, it's almost not even about what they they wanted it to mean. Yeah. It's about what you think it means. And so there's this, he's crying, he's sobbing, and there's this, it's almost like he's having like a breakdown in the middle of the special. Um, and it slow pans, painfully, long time, long time yeah. slope, zooms into the lens of the camera that's recording him. And I told you, I'm like, do you think he's actually breaking down in the middle of making this? Or do you think it's a commentary on the way that now we've almost like, used vulnerability and recorded vulnerability yeah. online as a means of content but then also is that helpful because it's showing it's, and my answer is yes and relatability and it's just yeah. like all of this stuff yeah and it's in a meta way the same thing that we're talking about now which is like it's like does he actually feel that way or right. is it just recording it and making art about it so that we question our own yeah Mental health. Ugh. It is thought-provoking. Uh, I will say for the that part of it, there's also a whole song about sexting with emojis. Oh, yeah. There is also is white woman Instagram. White, it's a white woman's Instagram. Which is, is unbelievable. Very unbelievable. On the nose. So good. Very perfect. So good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Again, if you've never watched any of Bo Burnham stuff, I would recommend watch another special of his first to see if you like his humor. Then go into this. If you are a Bo Burnham fan, you know him. Just know that this is a bit darker. But there is just some amazing humor into it. Like, we had a bunch of laugh-out-loud moments, for sure. But it is thought-provoking, so maybe take it at, like, 30-minute chunks so you can take <laughs> breaks. Uh, but, yeah, those are our two movies. Almost, you know, three movies. But two movies we wanted to uh, share and talk about. And we hope you'll check them out as usual. I think that's it for our first Fun in the sum Summer episode. How'd you feel? Great. Yeah. You got anything else? I think that's it. Okay. All right. We'll be back next week. And just as a reminder, uh, we are basically on a summer sabbatical from all other things except for this podcast until July, which when we will also be taking a summer sabbatical You won't hear from us at all. What will we do? Enjoy the next couple weeks while you have us. the next time that we record an episode, I'm hoping my glasses will be here. So I might just sound like a whole different lady. And I'll have new teeth, so I might have a whole different (laughs) voice. I might might talk like this. Or I might talk like this. Who knows? My voice could change. Could totally change. From my teeth being operated on. Who knows? That's a weird thing to say. Who operated on? All right, you fart swallowers. We'll see you in the next episode. (laughs) We love you. Bye. Bye.